This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Liverpool fans have been waiting anxiously for news on Joe Gomez. So welcome here to the Blood Red channel. I'm Guy Clark as we bring you the latest on the Reds and England defender. Coming up, I'm joined by Dan Kay as we discuss the viability of international football in the current times amid the backdrop of health concerns over a global pandemic and player welfare with fixture lists packed to the breaking point. Before that, though, here's the Echo's chief Liverpool writer, Ian Doyle, with the latest on Gomez's fitness. Well, we've now confirmation of Joe Gomez's injury. He underwent an operation uh, in London early this morning. Uh, on his injured knee, he has had a tendon repaired. Uh, scans revealed that there was no ligament damage in his left knee, which is good news. However, the fact that Liverpool have released a statement saying that uh, they expect the player, while there is no timescale for his return, they expect the player to be sidelined for a significant part of the season, suggests that it's still not a good injury, although, as we say, it, it could have been worse. Joe Gomez, of course, has previously had uh, cruciate ligament damage in his knee in the past. Uh, for Liverpool, though, it's uh, for Jurgen Klopp, I should say, it's a, it's a major blow for the for the player. It's also a major blow who's had now it's the third time that he's been injured when he's been on international duty with England. Uh, back in 2015, he suffered his cruciate ligament damage uh, while playing for the under 21s, and in March 2018, he injured his ankle while playing for the senior team against Holland, which ruled him out of contention for the Champions League final that year. Same for Jurgen Klopp. He now has very few. Centre-back options, Virgil van Dijk, he's unlikely to play again this season, having suffered crucial ligament damage of his own against Everton uh, in October. Uh, Fabinho is currently recovering from a hamstring problem. That leaves Joel Matip as the sole senior available centre-back, but he's only played three, uh, I should say, started three Premier League games uh, in the last 13 months. Uh, the other two options are Nat Phillips and... Reese Williams, Nat Phillips, who is ineligible for the Champions League, and Reese Williams, who's 19, who, while he has played in the Champions League and the League Cup, he's yet to make his Premier League debut. So, interesting times for Liverpool. They'll have to get through to January when the transfer market opens again to see whether or not they, which is very more and more likely now, that they will bring in a, a, a top senior centre-back, but only time will tell. There are 11 games between, uh, between now and then, so Liverpool will just have to get on with it without Gomez and Van Dijk. This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Joe Gomez, the latest to fall victim to Liverpool's lengthening injury list. and knee injury picked up away on international duty whilst training with England. Welcome to the Agenda here on the Blood Red Channel. I'm Guy Clark, alongside me, Dan Kay as we get set to talk about international football and, quite frankly, its purpose during this of all seasons. Dan, it's gut-wrenching news. Another Liverpool defender going down with injury and from what we're sort of hearing and reading between the lines right now with Joe Gomez, it seems as though it could be a significant one. It does, unfortunately. It's yeah, You have to wonder, you know, how many cats have they run over? How many mirrors have they broken at, at Anfield and Melwood in recent times? Because it just seems to have been one thing after another lately. Um, and obviously, we're, you know, we believe he's having a scan today, and obviously, we're, we're waiting anxiously on the results of that. But it doesn't sound good. You know, the fact that Southgate pointed out that there was no one near him when he went down. You know, we've seen these kind of incidents before in games, and they tend to be nasty ones. You know, worse than, than contact injuries, whether it's studs of caught in the ground or whatever. You know, he, obviously, he did have a, a serious knee ligament injury literally within about a week of Jurgen Klopp taking over in 2015. 
obviously that he, he, he had a broken leg at Burnley in um, in the build up to the the Madrid in, in the Madrid season, wasn't it? Wasn't it? And and, and, he, and he missed most of that. So the poor lad had wretched luck, and it just as it seemed like he was about to see, you know, have the opportunity to really step up and be Liverpool's senior defender. It looks as though you know Liverpool are going to be around for a significant period of time. We hope that's not the case, but I think we're already preparing ourselves for the worst. Yeah, and it couldn't really have come at a worse time, of course. Trent Alexander-Arnold picking up that calf injury against Manchester City. That seems a lifetime ago now. And of course, right after the end of the, the last international break, Virgil van Dijk picking up an anterior cruciate knee ligament injury himself that looks to beset him maybe for the season at Anfield. Yeah, it's, um, you know, they say these things come in, in threes sometimes and Liverpool just seem to be getting hammered in that in that particular area of the pitch. I mean, a, a few people pointed out that more to do really with the front three. Liverpool have been quite lucky with injuries over the last couple of seasons in key positions, but it, maybe it seems like Liverpool used all their luck up and it's all kind of coming to pass now. The only, you know, the only speck of, of light and hope is the fact that, and obviously we'll get on to this, is that because of the nature of this season, there, you know, a lot of clubs are like to have more injuries than than, than usual. I believe uh, Manchester City defender Nathan Ake picked up an injury playing for Holland last night, and you know, Klopp pointed out didn't he? You know, a few days ago that this month, this this season, it's like every month is like December with all these games factored in. So, you know, it, it's not like everybody else is going to be firing all, on all cylinders, and Liverpool, are, you know, Liverpool are the only ones who are shorter players, but. It's you know it's a real problem and and Jurgen Klopp is used to dealing with um, having to think outside the box and come up with solutions and you know this may well be one of his his biggest challenges of his time as Liverpool manager so far. Yeah, let's chat about international football then. That is going to be the premise of what we are getting into here on the agenda and. It just seems this year with the pandemic, with countries enforcing lockdowns like we're in one right now, of course, there are sporting exemptions that do go on, but players from clubs mixing and everything like that with three games instead of two, for me, it it seems mind-boggling really that international football is continuing in these times. And who knows, had Joe Gomez been at Kirby, he may well have been on a, a rehab day, a relaxation day, as opposed to a full training session as he was with England. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, I think it, it's it's only fair to point out it seemed, you know, because of, like I said, the nature of this injury, it, it's not like it's a muscle injury because he's been he's been pushed too hard. It's a contact injury. It's one of these where, you know, we believe he's caught his, his, his feet in the surface, which I guess could have happened anywhere. But the point, as you make, is that, you know, I mean, I, I've thought to myself a couple of times, you know, there's a quite a strong case to say, bearing in mind, you know, the different levels of the pandemic in different countries, should should football teams be travelling internationally? And obviously that well, that would apply to European club football as well. You know, we know that you know the, the football industry you know needs to keep moving for the sake of the the viability of a lot of clubs. So I can understand to a degree why 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 club competitions have have carried on. And I suppose the same applies to a certain extent to international football because. Governing bodies obviously have bills to pay as well, and and there's TV rights connected with with international football also. But the point, yeah, and you know that the, they are playing qualifying matches for these for these uh, nations for the nations league. But bearing in mind, we know the extra intensity that's been put on players. To me, it's mind-bogglingly stupid and and really irresponsible to have factored in an additional friendly match. You know, they're already going to be playing two games in a fortnight. 
obviously that's in addition to the PAC's club programmes either side. So to shoehorn in a friendly match is absolutely bonkers. And, you know, I, I think questions really need to be asked. And Jurgen Klopp won't be, the only, won't be the only football manager wanting answers on this. Questions need to be asked. Who made this decision? What was their rationale? And, you know, it, 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 it's not honoured. And I think, you know, other clubs, other players, as I've said, are going to bear the brunt of this. It, you know, it, it's, it, it's not acceptable. Yeah, it is worth saying that Gareth Southgate actually sort of seems to be mm. very understandable to players being asked to do too much. And former Liverpool defender, I'm sure he's probably thinking maybe he could have stuck around and helped with this. Dejan Lovren, of course, who moved to Zenit during the summer. He's been tweeting this morning very busy on his social media account and effectively saying that these injuries, albeit this one may well be a bit of a, a freak with, as you say, his studs ca- catching in the turf, are all a result maybe of muscle and body fatigue, of being pushed too hard and, and too much. And for Jurgen Klopp, I suppose it's the chickens coming home to roost in the worst possible manner. He's now going to be affected with this with a, a key player injured but he's been beating the drum for some time. He has, and, and rightly so. I mean, listen, we all love watching football. Of course we do. But there has to come a, there has to become a, there has to come a point where you start thinking about quality above quantity. You know, football's played a really important part, I think, for a lot of people during lockdown, you know, for us professionally, but also for us as football fans personally, and for all football fans to give us, you know, a, a little bit of a of a diversion from, you know, the, the distressing situation that we've all been in for all this time. But people have to think, you know, that there has to be a bit more thought that, that's gone about, that, 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 that goes into it, because this kind of thing was was always likely to happen. Um, I mean, you know, I think a lot of football fans didn't really look at the, the project big picture thing that blew up a, you know, a month or so ago with any great admiration or any great desire for it. But one of, but one of the, the elements that did kind of make sense was reducing the number of games. You know, England, I think it's only really England and La, and La Liga in Spain out of the, the, you know, the major European leagues that still have 20 teams. And, you know, obviously in addition to European club football and, and, and cup competitions as well, you can't keep flogging these players again and again, week after week, month after month, year after year, and not expect a depreciation in the quality of the football. I mean, you know, that being said, we watched City and Liverpool on Sunday, and and it was was, certainly until for the first 60, 70 minutes, it was a fantastic football match. But I do think that the the kind of the, almost like the acceptance that came over both sides towards the end, that let's not push ourselves too far, was because of the nature of this season, and because they they are being pushed to and beyond their limits. Um, just going back to Lovren, I mean, he, he, he must have, had, I wouldn't say a wry smile because I can't imagine he's in, in one iota pleased that one of his old teammates has, has picked up a serious injury. But it's one of those ironies of football, isn't it? That, you know, if he had if he had stayed, he no doubt would be playing a lot of football for Liverpool now, but he didn't have a crystal ball. No one has a crystal ball. No one can see into the future like this. Liverpool, you know, have been reasonably lucky. Not, you know, it's not like Liverpool haven't had any injuries in the last couple of years. That was there was a bit of a narrative that was put forward last year that Liverpool only stormed that league title because um, Emerick Laporte had that serious injury for Man City. You know, Liverpool were about Allison for quite a large chunk of the season and, and some other key players as well. So and that doesn't necessarily hold up. But um, <laughs> you know, I, in all my time watching Liverpool, I, I can't remember too many. <laughs> runs of injuries in one particular area of the team like this. And you know, the, y- Jurgen Klopp is renowned for 
having a kind of quite a philo- philosophical outlook on 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 football and keeping things in perspective. And I'm sure that once you know, the shock and the, I'm sure the anger as well that he's feeling at this situation subsides a little bit, he'll get his game face on and sit down with his with his staff and try and navigate a way through this for Liverpool. But it's not going to be easy. One little bit. Yeah, there was a united front between Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola after the the Man City game, saying that the five substitution rule really needs to be looked at and brought back in. And uh, Richard Masters, the Premier League chief executive, speaking to the DCMS committee, I think it was on Tuesday, sort of said that's been looked at a couple of times and voted on. He doesn't see it changing anytime soon. I just wonder, with this happening on international break, whether those sort of cries may be heightened. And a key point I think that's been missing on that debate, Dan, just to add some sort of perspective in on it, is... The smaller clubs, inverted commas, saying that it it gives sort of the bigger clubs chance to use deeper squads. They've all submitted a 25-man squad to the Premier League. They're all working with 25 players. It's just keeping those 25 fresh and free from injury. Very good point, Guy. I I spoke to John Aldridge on Monday uh, for his Echo column, and he made the point that obviously that is that is the that is the the counter argument that a lot of the you know the the smaller teams in the Premier League have been pushing, but as you say, every team has to name twenty five players within a squad and can and can only use those twenty five. And the point Aldo made was that all right, yes, <clears throat> obviously the 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 richer clubs will have better quality replacements, but five substitutes would still allow the I don't like using the phrase smaller clubs, but you know but you know what I mean. It would allow them to at least rest their key players and not have to push them out again and again and again, whether it's giving them a rest some weeks or, you know, taking them off in, in some games. I think the other point, you know, the, the other manager that spoke out over the weekend quite forcibly was, uh, was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after uh, United's win at, at Everton on Saturday. And Mildo made the point that, you know, well, United have done, you know, United have done quite well. The, the, sorry, the point Solskjaer was making was that in, in the European leagues, and this has been the case, I reckon, for 20 odd years, the clubs in European competitions will often have their league fixtures either before or after move to either a Friday night or a Sunday just to give them that little bit more breathing space. And they've never done that in England. And it, and it, it makes no sense why they wouldn't at any time, let alone like a time like now. The, 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 the problem, you know, the re, Premier League clubs voted, didn't they, at the start of the season on whether to bring five subs in. And you know the democratic vote <clears throat> was that the majority said no. So I don't really see how that can be changed unless they have another vote, and and the, and the consensus does go that way. <clears throat> but it, it would be interesting if if they at least put that back on the agenda for clubs, given that you know a lot of clubs are starting to feel the pinch, and obviously will do even more when we get it after the international break when we get into December, because it's not just. The, the finishing up of the Europa League and Champions League group stages, there are also, I think, at least one, possibly two, midweek rounds of Premier League matches before the Christmas programme. So everyone's going to suffer. And surely, you know, at the end of the day, you're allowed to change your mind. The, you know, the, the clubs might have thought that in August, but it's now November, December. Now they're seeing the impact of this unusual compressed season you would hope that you know they, they might see fit to think again because ultimately it's I, I i agree with aldo i think it will benefit the smaller clubs maybe not as much as the bigger clubs but it's not going to hurt them it's not going to harm them and you know like i say it it may give them the chance to keep their better players fit which ultimately will only improve their chances of success over the course of the season 
Yeah, maybe, who knows? Like Jurgen Klopp says, a chance to actually think of player welfare for once and the care of the players rather than thinking of them like machines. But Liverpool know then they will be without Joe Gomez for some time, like Virgil van Dijk, who is already out through injury. Trent Alexander-Arnold, of course, with a calf injury to contend with too. Good news maybe that Fabinho will return after the international break. But if you want more reaction to Joe Gomez's unfortunate injury, head to the Liverpool Echo website. We will have the latest news for you over there. And then on Friday afternoon, the Blood Red podcast will be back with you to talk through how Liverpool deal with this injury crisis. Do they turn to the transfer window or who may be the alternatives within Jurgen Klopp's squad? But from myself, Guy Clark and Dan Kay, thanks for joining us here on the Agenda on the Blood Red channel. That's all for now. You've been listening to the Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel.